Welcome to the January 8th, 2018 edition of Three Songs Podcast, episode 40. Episode number 40. That's right. We've made it to 40, Bob. Let me ask you, like, on that intro, that's uh, obviously your son, Teddy, who's four now? Yes. And that's Jack on guitar? Yes. Jack that's a wicked to... riff. That's a yeah. that's a great riff. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the two of them would make an outstanding band. <laughs> <laughs> Probably better than than the band we would make. Uh, yeah, well, especially with the Ghost and Ragsy. Yeah, Ragsy's wandering, barking. Ragsy's that'd be, the, that'd be a rhythm section. Those two barking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. groaning and coughing and everything. That's right. Making what? So anyways, noises. yeah, that's all beside the point. How are you? I'm back outside. That's great. Uh, I'm doing yeah. good. I'm good. I'm I'm excited. I, we got a good show tonight. Um, you you brought uh, a few diverse songs. I brought yeah a little life. Got a little life in here tonight. I brought it's some like songs a, with a theme. Couple themes actually. Double theme boat. Double theme. Yeah, I'm theming it up, man. It's 2018. Yeah. I'm bringing the themes. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad to hear you're back outside. Yeah, the weather's a little better here too. Uh, yeah, if you would ask me on New Year's Eve when it was minus 25, I'd be you know back out here in January. I would have said no, thank you, but. My goodness, there's a heat wave coming your way, my friend. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm down it's for like the a, heat. Yeah, we got a meltdown here, so we're going to melt down this this uh rock and roll podcast for you. Yeah, we're going to we're going to melt it completely down. <clears throat> we're going to we're going to make molten rock right here. Uh and I'm going to play I'm playing three songs. So, uh double theme, they're all British late 70s, mid to late 70s. British songs, British bands, um, but they're also the bigger theme is they're bands that feature singers and guitarists who um, later went on to much much bigger fame with other bands. So uh, I'm going to start it off with uh, a band called the One O Oneers. Who who would that be? Who would that be? Well, they released one seven inch in their time in 1976 on the Chiswick label. Um, oh yes, Chiswick. Oh, yes, and uh, and they're of course best known for being the first band of Mr. Joe Strummer, who later went on to the Clash. Oh yes. Uh, I'm not going to play anything from that single. I don't know. Maybe maybe if if you twist my arm afterwards, I might. But I'm going to start it off with a with a rocker. The single was uh, Keys of My Keys Keys to Your Heart, which is a little bit of a mellower tune. But I want to rock it. I want to start it rocking. This one's called Let's Get a Bit of Rockin'. Let's do it. Joe Strummer, the 101ers, rock it. Let's get a bit of Oh, 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 
Mr. Joe Strummer there. The one I'll tell you a little known fact about Joe Strummer. Yeah. Well, I guess I don't know if we'll talk about his death during the show mm-hmm. because he died in 2002 at the age of just over 50 of some sort of heart defect. It was kind of an over- overlooked rock death. <clears throat> it, it, it was. I remember it. Um, and, you know, strangely, I was kind of surprised that a bigger deal wasn't made. I, I think now uh, he's so even Now bigger. for sure. I mean, yeah. now, like, you know. Uh, I mean, he's arguably the, I mean, he's the, we were talking before the show, he's the biggest, best known member of arguably the best known British punk band. And they've only gotten bigger since he passed away. Yeah, but they were huge. Like, I saw the Combat Rock Tour when I was 13 years old. So, 1980, 81, 80, somewhere there in Williamsburg, Virginia, William Mary Hall. And I thought it was about the most amazing thing that I'd ever seen at that point, of course. Wow. It was fantastic. It was actually a yeah. little bit scary. But <clears throat> Was that when they were opening for The Who? No, it was when they were headlining a tour and they had it might have been like somebody like steel pulse opening for them of course i'd never heard live reggae at that point right. so it was all very intriguing I went with my sister i do remember like a, a guy who was her age she's two years and two months older um it was one of those concerts my parents you know dropped us off and like let us go into this thing that's how cool they were <laughs> And like hung hung out in Colonial Williamsburg and picked us up afterwards. But one of our one of our schoolmates, a guy named Rick Perry, got hit in the head with a bottle. So it was back in the era in which you could actually drink beer out of bottles at shows, even when there were kids there. Right. Wow! Which was like you know complete chaos. <clears throat> um, obviously, the rules have changed, but maybe like the fact that Strummer's death was overlooked was because it was kind of pre-social media yeah maybe i don't know that's yeah it's it's strange it's strange and um anyway he he, he's obviously a legend uh yeah and and so his roots are obviously in rockabilly judging by the song he played for sure for sure uh i'm gonna i don't know do you want me to play the whole thing i want to play another song from theirs from yeah play another one yeah all right this one this one's called lonely mother's son but I think you probably know it better by another name. Uh, Oh, cool. This is a live version. The 101ers. All right. Oh 
There you go, Bob. Lonely Mother's Son, of course, <laughs> later, <laughs> later you know, recorded. Fun, another little known fact about him. This is like um, rock and roll trivia pub quiz material. Yeah. Okay. okay. Bring it. Do um, you, you know what country Joe Strummer was born in? I, I do. He was born in Spain, right? Turkey. 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 How did that happen? But that's all you know. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think, wasn't his dad in the army or something like that? Wasn't must, his dad must have been. Military? Must have been. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, for whatever reason, I don't know, I thought, but yeah. What well, did you think, like, it, first of all, how many bands, like, have sounded like that? I mean, The Clash and Joe Strummer, first, he was kind of like, um, one of, always considered one of punk rock's pretty boys to me. He was like a poster, like, he was the poster boy of punk rock. Because, like, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was a good-looking man, and, like, I think so. Do you? I, I guess. I mean, yeah. I, I, I guess so. But he was also. I don't know. I, 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 for me personally, just talking about my personal experience with the Clash and Joe Strummer, um, they were, and he in particular, I think much more so than Mick, um, was very, very like even before the Minutemen opened my eyes to political punk, and and really kind of socialist, extreme leftist politics in music. Uh, I hadn't really come across that before. I mean, you know, my mom had kind of some more of the folkier, you know, leftist stuff. But Mm -hmm. in terms of punk rock, like for me, that was, he was, you know, now, now that I know Woody Guthrie a little bit more, now that I know a little bit more of the history of music, he was like Woody Guthrie with an electric guitar and bringing the truth to the punk movement. I mean... That's interesting. Like, that's a different perspective from mine, which would have been, you know, I love The Clash and and everything that came with it. And, um, in fact, my... I remember um, using my father's car to drive around um which was one of those really funny little fiats and he had this back during the columbia tape and club era remember that yeah like 10 things for a penny or something and like for some reason he got the who live at leeds and the clash first album on eight track so when i was driving around when i was 16 and 17 i was driving around in a car that he had given me generously and there was an eight track of that first clash album stuck in the eight track player. And so I listened to it constantly. So I got the whole clash agenda and everything, but at the same time, like I kind of knew Joe Strummer as the guy that all the punk rock girls would crush on. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But I mean, I, I was just, I think I came in, you know, like I, I, when I f- discovered punk, you know, as a kid, teenager, um, I, I quickly realized that a lot of the other contemporaries, the Ramones, you know, the Americans, you know, even um, Sex Pistols, 
they were somewhat apolitical. I mean, the the Sex Pistols were political from more of a social standpoint. You know, they oh, do yeah, songs they were about. Mean. Yeah, they do songs about abortion. They do songs about, you know, no future. But it wasn't like, I'm yeah. so bored God with the USA queen, or or talking, you know, like actual politics or history or mentioning Hitler in their songs or mentioning fascism. Um, you know, for White me, Riot. White Riot, you know. Yeah, it goes on and on. What I love is the Clash roots um, in reggae, their absolute adoration of reggae. So if you if you listen Absolutely. to an EP like Black Market Clash, like they got way into the whole dub spirit. I mean, their influence yeah. is just boundless. I mean, like so many good and really terrible bands that they influenced and still influence to this day. Like there are Clash ripoff bands. I, it might have been like kind of really easy to do the Clash, like the Clash vibe or something, but you couldn't pull it off as well as they could. Simonon had so much style on the bass. You know, Topper Hedden was like just kind of a proper banger on the drums. I mean, like, for I, don't, sure. I don't mean to get too for much sure. into it. I'm going to shift gears. I'm going to sure. shift gears. Shift gears. Shift gears. Because we could, we could do the whole show on Yeah, the we Clash. go on and on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like the Clash, we're talking about like, you know, major. Uh, uh, the, the, the last thing I'll say, you know, you're right with the mm-hmm. reggae. And <clears throat> they were also experimenting. I mean, things like this is Radio Clash and Magnificent Seven. You know, they were experimenting with different Give sounds. Give them enough rope. Yeah, I mean, they like, they were they were not just like going to remake. They were kind of at least pretty good at everything. Sandinista is an amazing album, right? They weren't going to just continue to remake <clears throat> their first album. Um, you know, even Straight to Hell is probably one of their best songs and sounds almost nothing like anything on that first record. Anyway, yeah, enough. Let's, we digress. Let's switch. I'm going to take us to the East Coast. I'm going to take us to your area, Queens. Um. Well, I'm going to go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Okay, close enough. Yeah. Gangstar, hip-hop, true East Coast hip-hop band, kicking it from the old school. Guru, another performer who's no longer with us, he would have died of heart and cancer-related mm-hmm. issues in his, I believe, mid early mid-40s. Mm-hmm. Guru, CMC, and DJ Premier, who's thankfully still with us, who's about as formidable a scratcher as we've ever heard in the DJ arena. And this is from the album Step in the Arena from 91. Who's going to take the weight by Gangstar? I was raised like a Muslim, praying to the east. Nature of my life relates rhymes I release like a cannon. Cause I've been planning to be ramming what I wrote straight on a plate down your throat. So digest as I suggest, we take a good look at who's who while I'm reading from my good book. And let's dig into every nook and every cranny. Set your mind free as I slam these thoughts. And just like a jenny goes bow, you're gonna see what I'm saying now. You can't be sleeping, cause things are getting crazy. You better stop being lazy. There's many people fronting. And many brothers dropping, all because of dumb things Let me tell you something, I've been through so much That I'm such a maniac, but I still act out of faith That we can get the shit together so I break Our fools with no rhyme skills messing up the flow And people with no sense who be moving much too slow And so, you will know the meaning of the gangsta Grew with the mic and premier raise the anchor swiftly As we embark on a journey, I had to get an attorney I needed someone to defend my position Decisions I made, cause now it's time to get paid And ladies these rhymes are like the keys to a dope car Maybe a Lexus or a Jaguar Still, all of that is just material So won't you dig the scenario And just imagine If each one is teaching one We'll come together So that we become a strong force Then we can stay on course Find your direction through introspection And for my people out there I got a question Can we be the sole controllers of our fate? Now who's gonna take the weight? <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't handle the whole heavy on my mind so as my feelings unwind i find that some try to be down just cause it's trendy others fall victim to envy but i'll take the road less traveled so i can see all my hopes and my dreams unravel relieving your stress 
expressing my interest in the situation that you're facing. That's why I'm down with the nation. Spirituality supports reality. We gotta fight with the right mentality so we can gain what is rightfully ours. This is the meaning of the chain of the star. Land is power, so give me 40 acres. Let's see how far I can take you. Original invincible. That's how I'm looking at it. I use my rhymes like a clock automatic. Any means necessary. I'm going all out. Before the rains bring the nuclear fallout. So let me ask you, is it too late? Hey yo, who's gonna take the weight? star so like that dj premier like he's from he's from texas he's from like the houston area like yeah. i don't know how guru hooked up with him but like i saw those guys play really at the reading festival was in 92 one? it was insane they were so great i was like wow like and i hadn't seen that many like hip-hop bands at the time and i was like wow this is like insanely good live and then since then i've seen a lot that a lot of famous ones that couldn't hold a torch to gangstar with the double r's on the end like right. never saw eric b and rakim who were kind of same genre like i probably um gangstar's nowhere near as celebrated as eric b and rakim but um who knows like this is like you know one of those genres that I'm not a huge expert on, but to me, Gangstar, like that album, Step in the Arena, and they made one before and five after, and I've heard a bunch of it, but like, I just love the fact that that dude could, uh, DJ Premier could like play the deck, could scratch on decks and make it as good as any like whacked out psychedelic guitar player. Yeah, well, it was like a new instrument, really, you know, I mean... Him and I think he's one of the best. I think he's one. I don't even like. I like. You'd have to ask somebody who knows a lot more than I do. But like, he's the best I've ever heard or seen. Mm -hmm. Certainly seen, and the best I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. But like, if you listen to that record, in fact, I don't recommend that many records for you to buy or to listen to that thing all the way through. Step in the arena, but there, there are, there's tons. Like you know, greatest hits thing. Like, it's solid. All right. Done. I'll buy it. You convince me. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, <laughs> no, I know you are. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not. I'm not playing, man. Love Gangstar. That's that's uh that was a that was a hot track too, and it it uh it complete it it broke up in a good way. Broke up the mood of what I'm. Bringing. Oh, what are you gonna? What are you gonna go to now? You gonna? Are you gonna keep us in England? You're, I'm, you're staying. I'm in staying the, in England the whole time, and I'm staying. Keeping in, us in Blighty. Staying in the in late blighty, 70s. Yeah. Actually, I, I'm I'm gonna play another band that I think put out a single on Chiswick. Um, Chiswick's your jam tonight. Chiswick is my jam. Chiswick, rocking the Chiswick record label. Um, when you say Chiswick, you mean C to the H I S W I C K, right? Like the Chiswick Bay. Well, what, what are you doing? You walking out on the crunchy ice there, Bob? Yeah, I'm walking on crunchy ice. All right, that's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. It goes along with the Chiswick vibe. It does go along with the Chiswick vibe. I'm gonna. Yeah. Um, the band I'm gonna play is a band called Riff Raff, and there's been probably like 30 bands called Riff Raff. There's in fact a current artist called Riff Raff, but the one I'm playing released some stuff in the late 70s. And then broke up and is probably, if they're known at all, is best known today as being the first band of, of Mr. Billy Bragg, 
who released a bunch of really good records. Uh, hundreds. Uh, hundreds. Like, yeah. Very prolific artist. Very prolific. Very political artist, too. Um, oh, extremely political. Extremely yeah. so. And in fact, so the Joe Strummer is going to be a theme throughout all of the, the music. Uh, I've got Joe Strummer stories to tell. Uh, and I didn't even plan this, but I, I'm realizing it now. Billy Bragg was, of course, a, a very uh, political and very, you know, similar artist politically to, to Joe Strummer. When Joe Strummer passed away, Billy Bragg played a live show, which if you've never heard it, um, you should. It's available on archive.org. There's a bunch of Billy Bragg live shows, in fact, on archive.org. But he did a tribute. It was probably a few days after. It was maybe the first show he played after Joe Strummer passed away. And it was a tribute to Joe where he would play some of his songs, he'd play some Clash songs, he told stories in between. It's an amazing, the sound quality is very good. It's an amazing show. Go to it, check it out, download it. If you're it's at, a night of tips. It's a night of tips. If you're at all a fan of Billy Bragg and or a fan of Joe Strummer. Um, Brag with the two G's on the end. Brag with the two okay. G's. So yeah, so so I'll play. I'll play. And it's another one where I'm gonna. If you'll indulge me, I'll play a couple because they're short. Um, I'm gonna play a couple riff raff tunes. I'm gonna start with uh, a later one. I don't know if it was released. I think it was released in 1980, uh, bef- right before Billy went solo. This one's called Kitten. You can tell this is very Billy Bragg on guitar, um, unmistakable. But with with you know. Some piano and stuff. Straight out of parking. That's Straight right. Out of parking. Here you go. Kitten. Billy Billy Bragg with Riff Raff. <laughs> Is shining, but you're not here. You've gone where the sun shines brightest. Everyone's in love with you, and you're in love with falling in love. I trust your pretty world too much. You cannot live on other people's visions. Everyone's just like the rest, and love is the gap. I'm still in love I'm still in love I'm still in love I'm still in love 
So, of course, Billy's known for his political songs, but he also wrote a lot of songs about girls. Uh, As he did, yeah, right there he did. Yeah, and that's that's a song about girls. Uh, he's kind of a, he's one of the most famous buskers of all time. For sure. Um, it, I think when he started playing, like, as a late in his teenage years, and he was emboldened by, I think, definitely by seeing The Clash a bunch. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he tells... In the late 70s. He tells some of those stories on that show that I mentioned, for sure. Cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. Mention it again. What's the show called? Uh, yeah, I don't remember where it was recorded. I'll have to look it up. I'll tweet it out. If you follow us on Twitter, Three Songs Pod, yeah. I'll, I'll tweet a link to it um, to download it. But it's, uh, you know, Billy live, solo, playing a show right after Joe passed away. I don't think it was billed as uh, maybe it was billed as a, as a tribute. Maybe he put it together, but I think it was essentially like the next show he played after Joe passed away. He was just, uh, you know, inspired to tell stories about Joe Strummer and play songs by the Clash and play his own songs and talk about how Joe was important to him as a musician and and, and as a person growing up. So that's pretty cool because uh, he's like a sixty-ish, and I don't know much about his involvement with Wilco. Tell me about that real quick, because so, you mentioned it. Yeah, he he's probably, I don't know, I mean, a lot of people listening... Wilco, who are obviously an extremely famous and cool American band. They're they're quite famous, um, maybe more famous than, than Billy to some extent, but uh, they put out a couple albums, um, and, and my understanding is they got access to the the notebooks in the unrecorded song lyrics of Woody Guthrie. And oh, they, weird. they yeah. went through and collaborated to put and create music based on what they think the songs would have sounded like. And they recorded a, a few albums of these songs of Woody Guthrie that had never been recorded by him. Uh, well, that's putting a lot of effort in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's good stuff, and, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are familiar, and you know, s- some may know him mostly from his solo stuff, his, his earlier, you know, a, a New England, and um, taking, talking with the tax man about poetry, and uh, th- those albums, but uh, I think a lot of people, uh, he may even be most famous for those Wilco c- compilations. Yeah, I just know him as a, like a, you know, left-wing political activist who you know, it's a brilliant songwriter from, you know what I, I think of him in a, in a way as almost a British analog to Bob Dylan early. That's Bob, it's a heavy duty comparison. Well, but yeah. In, you know, I mean, makes sense. No, totally makes sense. Early Bob Dylan was very political, but you know, he would also write a bunch of songs about girls. And that was, that's, Billy Bragg in a nutshell. I mean, he, he would write songs about, you know, uh, overthrowing the state or, you know, how fascist the, the, the government was. And then he would write a song about, uh, you know, being in love or unrequited love or whatever. I'll, I'll play one more quick one from Riff Raff before we, we pivot to your song. Um, this, is, this is another song about girls. Actually, it's about multiple girls. It's called, it's called Romford Girls. Oh no, I've been there. Yeah, have you? Yeah, oh yeah, the Romford Pele. Yeah, so, for sure. So, uh, so you know about the Romford girls? No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Don't 
Brag, riffraff. Listen, I would, I would have spent many nights in Romford. Yeah, in the in the early nineties. Oh, uh, I'm sure there's a yeah. few stories there. I don't know if we want no, to. No, tell no, really, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Mostly be about like crashing out and trying to find a racing post at a betting shop and a <laughs> savory pie. I, you know, perhaps I should have been paying more attention. Now, my to the Romford girls. Yeah. Basically, my knowledge of England is always trying to find a racing post in the nearest betting shop, my man. Like, same thing I'll do at 6.30 a.m. tomorrow. You know? I love it. I love it. Uh, little disappoint, little disappointed that Hereford got abandoned today. Uh, so, man, my heart's always been in a different place. But um, anyways, I'm going to take you to Australia. For God's sake, I'm, I'm 10 years ahead of you on this show. You are. That's like, okay. And late 80s, here's a band that we both love from Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, it's Love like these a, guys. A, yeah, it's uh, title track off their 1986 record. Contemporaries of a band I played a few episodes ago. Yeah, it's the, it's, it's like a, one of the first the like Australian truly like dirty heavy rock Australian bands that I loved. And I don't mean, mean to take us back to like a a grimier kind of music, but they deserve uh, multiple tracks played on their show. This is Feed Time with Shovel.
I love feed time. <laughs> they're just yeah, they're relentlessly <laughs> loud and hard. They're a fun band, though. You they're kind of like uh, Australia's like uh, underground version of Motorhead to me. Like, yeah, like, know, yeah, and and early mixed with the early Husker Du. Yeah, and like I'll read you a great quote. Um, some dude named Ned Raggett said, uh, "From the opening horse crawl and gargle of ha ha feed time." On its debut sound, sounds like its members were out to not merely perforate eardrums, but to flat-out bludgeon skulls, which is a little bit over the top, because... But they... They're more than that, though. I mean, the the songs were good. The songs are good. It's not just like, you know, it's not about the brute force, you know. We've heard you've got Cooper S, right? Yeah. Cover record. I mean, it's just like they... They twisted everything. It is like, it's very raw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A three-piece band. I yep. mean, uh, Johnson, Larkin, and then I think their best era would have been the Tom Sturm era when he, when he drummed. And they, that was and when they were in their absolute prime. But the thing, the thing with them is I knew almost nothing about them. Like, didn't they have just the, the first names on? That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah that like, kind of thing. I had no background. I didn't. They know. kept it a mystery. Yeah, like I but knew nothing about them. But they also re- they've reunited. They've reunited. Good. Like not they recently, should. but in the last ten years, we missed that too. But um, it's okay. I missed a lot. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney Hard Rock. Yeah. Feed so, time. Anyway. Much love for feed time. <clears throat> yeah. So, what do you got? Well, I'm going to, the last of my threes, you know, again, going back to England, going back to the late 70s, uh, keeping with the theme of first bands of, of people who went on to bigger success, I'm going to, I'm going to play, I'm going to play the Nipple Erectors, and I'm going to maybe play the Nips too, which was, you know, the same band, essentially, they just changed their name later, because I think they thought the Nipple Erectors was maybe too offensive, so the nips was... was been, this is Shane McGowan. Shane stuff, McGowan, right? of course. His first band, um, late 70s. Uh, I'll start with The Rocker. If you'll indulge me, I'll play two again. Um, you keep on double bubbling. I'm cool with that. Okay, this is, this is The Rocker. It's short. It's called So Pissed Off. Dig it. So Shane McGowan there, of course. Not to keep you on the trivia tip here, but who's older, uh, Bragg or Shane McGowan? Oh, I'll guess Shane. Shane is five days younger. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. You yeah. are you are the trivia man. Five days. Huh? Yeah. That's crazy. Late, it's late December '57. Okay. Five days apart. Billy Bragg and Shane McGowan. So, and, so uh, both of the gentlemen just recently turned sixty. Not even so. far apart. So, happy birthday to both Shane and Billy. Yeah, 
Yeah. Still ticking. Yeah. Still ticking over, boys. Right. And uh, born not even that far apart because. Uh, well, five days. You well, mean, no, I'm saying geographically. Geographically, because because uh, yeah. Bragg Bragg was born in Essex and and McGowan was born in Kent. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> how I have you I, not been to England? I don't. Oh, I've been to England. I've just not. I, I went. I went to London once, only there for a few days, just kind of a quick whirlwind. It was through, you know, it was with work with the previous job. I didn't really get. Dude, the you get a five hundred dollar round trip. I, yeah, to I know. England right now. I know, I know. Instead of going to like, you know, take the whole family over. Marie's got to have some vacation time, right? Uh, at some point, yeah, you'd think. Oh, we're all going to England. We're all going. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of people think of Shane McGowan and the Pogues as being an, an Irish band, but uh, they're not. They're English. Yeah, they're Eng- they're 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 English blokes. Um, but uh, I'm going to tell, I'll tell a quick, it's another Joe Strummer related story, of course. It's, it's been the other theme of the show. So uh, in the late 80s, it might have been 90, 89, 90, the Pogues were... Good times, good yeah, times. The Pogues were coming over to a, a North American tour, and I had, I think, bought a ticket early when I heard about it, and... I saw him play. I saw that tour. Yeah, so I saw, I saw that play. I saw that tour in a bus driving uniform on St. Patrick's Day. Well, yeah. So there you go. <clears throat> so 90, 90. Yeah, I probably saw the same tour at the Warfield in San Francisco, and I had bought the ticket months in advance, like when it first went on sale, and then I found out that Shane had passed out at the airport on the way to America for the tour and couldn't make it. He was off. And so, like, that's the first thing I heard. And I was like, oh, crap. Uh, that's, um, he was a rambling wreck because I saw the same was. tour a few days later, and he didn't even come out for the first six songs. And when he appeared, he was sitting on top of a stool drinking uh, whiskey out of a, plast- a green plastic St. Pat's hat. It's amazing the man made it to 60. I mean, he just turned 60. I would have well, thought he's a rambling then, wreck. there was no possible way he would have he would have seen 60 on this side of the ground, but uh, God bless him, he has. Um, so I was completely, like, disappointed that I wasn't going to get to see Shane with the Pogues. I was like, all right, whatever, I'll see the other guys. And then I heard, like, a, they were good, a, a the few other days guys. later, I heard... Not to mention the... They, What's they, the name of the woman who sang too? She was fantastic. Kate, the one that married Elvis Costello. Kato, Kato Reardon. O'Reardon. Yeah. Kato O'Reardon. Um, yeah. yeah. So a few days after that, I heard. Well, they got a different lead singer to do the tour with them, and it was Joe Strummer. And so I got to see the Pogues with Joe Strummer. Oh, which, weird! Because I, I it's the last thing that I, the the most memorable moment of the show that I saw was somehow he pulled off an incredible incredibly powerful version of and the band played waltzing matilda which is like a nine minute long right. song maybe even longer right and he sang it very poignantly what still while standing on a stool i mean it was like a class absolute class performance brought the house down but anyways on to on to strummer yeah so uh i saw strummer front the pogues and you know, I mean, doing amazing renditions of Pogue songs, but also doing throwing in some Clash songs. An incredible! I, I will never forget hit the version of "Good Room" the Warfield. Good yeah, room, straight straight to hell with the accordion accompanying Joe. It was it was amazing. So anyway, if you'll indulge, bit me, of wizardry, bit of wizardry in the late eighties. No, I think it was ninety. It definitely was, 90, it was probably it was 90, 90. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, we're so, March of 90, March of 90. If you'll indulge me, I'll play one more song by the Nips. This is the this is the pretty one. This is this was their uh, this should have been a hit. Uh, this we'll take the, the pretty out of the ugly mic. This is the love song Shane Shane wrote for for some some young lass named Gabrielle. So check it.
Joe. No, Shane. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> cool. I'm confused, man. Yeah, it's a fun song, huh? No, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, I know in your life that you've missed out on a lot of great bands. Okay, I've seen a lot of great have. bands. You played at least out. 60 yeah. on this show. Right, right. Okay. Seen some of so, them missed out on a real lot. quickly, before I segue into the show ender, and we can talk about this band on the next show because we're, we're getting a little long. It's okay. It's, uh, it's all my fault. And so thank no, you. No, no, we're not talking about fault on this show. No. It's nobody's fault. It's, no, but it's mine. You've doubled them, but that's cool. Yeah. Um, like, here's a band that's been amazing and impactful and had a huge cult following since the late 80s that I don't own a record by that, like, a lot of my good friends have worked with and a lot of my peers have listened to. And it's a band called Ween from Philadelphia. And I've, I've always enjoyed their, obviously, I know their hits. And so, I'm not going to play one of their hits. But what's your experience with Ween? Uh, you know, I, I was, I, I appreciated them more than I was a fan of them, if that makes sense. Um, like, I, I never had anything against them. I always liked the songs I heard. But, but like, how many of your friends would call Ween one of their favorite 10 or 20 bands? For me, a lot. For me, like at least a lot. A for lot. me, dozens. For, for me, maybe a couple. Um, you know, it was they were they were one of those bands where you you either really really got into them or you were just kind of like, yeah, they're all right. Um, I just missed them. Like I yeah. missed them all the time. Like never had the pleasure of playing with them. Never met them. Never saw them. Always respected them. Always listened to them a lot. Like in tour buses and. You know, at cons, at uh, like people playing records and stuff like that, like sitting around, like, oh man, have you heard the new Ween? Like, it's so great. And this is when I'm going to play a later period song off of their album, The Mollusk, which is one of the more celebrated records. I'm going to like make a determined effort to get more into Ween. Good. At the age of 50. Okay. Okay. That works. Dean and Gene. Yeah. Freeman and Melchiondo. Because my only experience with them was when. In, like, uh, when we were talking about, like, well, no, we weren't talking about, well, in the early 90s, my parents and my dad had to go work in New York, but they kept the house in Virginia, and they were going back and forth, living in a condo in Robbinsville, New Jersey, and I'd have to go to a music shop to buy, like, a tambourine or a the thing that holds a tambourine on a floor tom or some piece of percussion because I was going on tour. And this guy at the local music shop outside of Princeton, New Jersey, would be always repairing pedals and have all these amazing pedals for sale. And I asked him, like, I was like, I don't play guitar. What's the deal with all the guitar pedals here? Like, this is an amazing collection of guitar pedals. I don't know anything about them. He's like, he's he looked at me one day and he's like, the reason I stay in business is because I do all, I rebuild, make, and sell everything that Ween uses. And I was like, whoa, are you serious? And like, he had like this glass case of things that weren't for sale that he was like saving for Ween and selling for Ween and repairing for Ween. <laughs> it's all crazy. Like, it was like a crazy pedal exchange. That's amazing. And they they were like an effects like and I just like didn't think anything of it because like to me it was like Greek like looking at right. cases full of you know if I was like like if it had been like a different member of my band they would have been like asking questions spending an hour in there I was like I just need like four drumsticks and a drum key you know because <laughs> I keep and heads I keep breaking stuff I bang but, on uh, stuff I bang on stuff and like. <laughs> do what i can but like i was like somehow i've never crossed paths with these guys and they i think they stopped recently but hopefully they'll be back and uh this is uh one of the songs that i've listened to a handful of time one of their bigger hits it's uh, off the mollusk it's called mutilated lips by ween I hit instead 
accepting only fresh brine You can get another drop of this, yeah you wish Mutilated lips give a kiss on the wrist of the worm-like tips of tentacles expanding in my mind I'm fine accepting only fresh brine You can get another drop of this, yeah you wish Laughing to living So you know what I mean? They were proggy and psychedelic and freaky and original. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. it was like their um, unfair comparisons to Primus or something. Yeah, maybe which is very unfun, unappealing, and unfair. And and like they might be giant. Like to me, well, they, they were. They're, they're, that's their brotherhood, right? I remember them being like. I, I, they're a really I, fun band. They might be giants. I think of them as almost like a joke band. Like, like for they better... weren't though. No, they were like seriously. Well, obviously they made the incredibly funny. They were tremendously comedic. I mean the 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 country the piss on a rope song. Mm-hmm. Like the the country that country thing. They were so much fun. Like, I mean, I would play places like three or four days after they played there. And they would be like, "Dude, Ween was amazing." <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, "Whoa!" And like our one of our tour managers, one of my buddies, Noel Kilbride, he tour managed Ween simultaneously. And he was like, he was, he'd be like, hey, Noel, what's going on? It's like, I just toured with Ween for six weeks. Amazing. I'd be like, okay, well, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, mate. So, sorry, you have to tour with us now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One of those things, you know, because that happens. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, I'm thinking about my experience with Ween. Like, I always appreciated them in yeah you, you said but, that before but which, i didn't really I like. listen to them that often you know like and i think if i think back on it i think like i almost unfairly wrote them off as a bit of a joke band tricksters tricksters yeah I like think. you know and and i think i maybe didn't give them due for the songwriters that they were or, or no i are. think they're pretty brilliant but yeah by by golly we're gonna figure it out we're gonna get to the bottom of ween okay and i'm happy i've introduced and introduced them on our 40th episode yeah it only took 40 that's okay 
Well, because ne- neither of us like are what you call fans, okay? But right. we're not going to deny. There's so many things that I'm that you know we're not fans of. I mean, come on, we've no way we could be fan. There's a gazillion amount of things that are brilliant that we've missed out on. I mean, my God, we. I mean, I. <laughs> we you know, we don't spend our whole lives listening to music. That's right. Whether we'd like to or not, we'd prefer to, but, you know, it's the way it goes. That's like we're saying, like, we're not ever going to talk down to anybody because we're in no position to. No, we're just here to play music and have fun and enjoy it, and hopefully those listening enjoy it too. Well, and I'll see you tomorrow night, maybe. Maybe so. We'll see how it goes. Let's do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Mike Hogan. Bob Nastanovich. Bob yeah. Good to be back outside in Des Moines, Iowa. That's right. Um, and right. if you Sleep like well, what you friend. heard, leave a leave a nice little rating, nice comment. We appreciate everything you guys do. Or a series of insults. We're cool with that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. again, point be out honest. the inaccuracies because they are in there. The, I'm sure. This is all Especially on my end. <laughs> we're all just, we're just fans here. That's all. Yeah. All right. Thanks, all right. everyone. Thanks, Three Songs Pod. Thank you.